Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 256, which we are recording on Thursday, October 21st, 2021. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And it's finally raining in Santa Cruz. Oh my gosh. It's just joyous. Love the rain. It is. So happy to see it. It's very nice. And I'm hoping that it will finally be enough to put out the last of the fires. Yes, I hope so too. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So what are you wearing in our moist weather? (laughs) Well, I want to tell you about what I have been wearing because it's a non-traditional thing to wear, I suppose. But I have been wearing my blanket. <laughs> and not like even that. a blanket, but a real blanket. I've been wearing my on the porch blanket. I was sitting working at the dining table yesterday and it was cold. Yesterday was one of the mm-hmm. days when it was really cold. It was drizzling off and on. And I realized I didn't have to sit there cold. I could get my blanket and cover myself with it. And I was very happy. I say blanket culture, yay. (laughs) I agree, 100%. Blankets as, as... Garments. Work as garments. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Blankets as garments. Hey, work at home culture, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If it wasn't for Leroy, I would have a blanket at like three different places in the house. I would have a blanket, but I can't do that right now. So yeah, I just like have yeah. to stash them in the closet during the day. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very happy. So that is my on the porch blanket, which is a pattern by 5410 Studio. And it was a free pattern on Ravelry that I have made twice. The first time I made it, it was a gift. The second time I made it, I made it with a yarn that I truly love that had been in my stash for, I believe, eight or nine years. And I finally decided that loving the yarn, but having it sit in the stash is really silly. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Well, and... You had commented recently that you haven't knit that many sweaters recently. And it's, I think, in large part because you've knit two blankets recently. The Stephen West blanket. Yeah. And on the porch. Maybe. I was thinking about the other day. I really love blankets. So do I. I really love blankets. And I definitely want to knit more. So that is on the porch. What are you wearing, Gail? Well, earlier today, I was wearing my Felix pullover, which is a pattern by Amy Christopher's. And when I put it on, I thought, this is a luxury sweater. (laughs) It's knit with two yarns held doubled. The pattern calls, I think, for Aran weight. But I used Western Sky Knits, Polworth Silk Blend in a DK weight, held doubled with Kid Silk Haze, which is a silk mohair lace weight, So two yarns, both with silk content. So when I put it on today, it felt so like slippery and luxurious against my arms. And I thought, why don't I wear the sweater more often? (laughs) (laughs) But of course, it's not always cold enough here to wear it. But beautiful design, very simple, top-down raglan that has some simple eyelet designs in the raglan shaping. So it's a very easy to knit sweater. It went very, very quickly because it's knit on large needles. Yeah. So it's a great sweater 
if you're looking for something quick and or as a first sweater, possibly. So that's the Felix pullover. And there's a cardigan version of it as well by Amy Christophers. Yeah, I need to revisit those because Mm -hmm. I've made a lot of pullovers lately and I keep thinking, oh, I need to make a cardigan. So I need to look at that pattern because I remember generally liking it when you made it. Exactly. I remember you saying, oh, I should knit that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My kind of sweater. All right. So what have you been stocking? Okay. So the first thing I wanted to mention is the Pacific Crest pattern by Elizabeth Doherty, because the pattern was finally released. And I've been talking about it for the last two months as I test knit it. And if you have been stocking it, you can find the pattern now on Ravelry. And honestly, I just wanted to share my love of this sweater because you guys know that I love texture and cables are often too heavy for the lighter sweaters that I prefer to make. But I have realized that slip stitch patterns create a really wonderful visible texture without adding that extra bulk that cables mm-hmm. can sometimes add. So I love this sweater. Texture, texture, texture. <laughs> I've been stash diving trying to figure out what yarn I can use. And I want mine to look as beautiful as yours. Aww. But of course, I can't get that base of yarn. So I'm trying to see what I have that'll work. I think I think choose a yarn that's very round like you would for cables. So maybe a three-ply yarn would be good. That's oh, what I would recommend. That. Yeah. I was looking at my single ply stash because your yarn is a single ply. I know, ply, mine is a single ply, which of course is would is not having knit it what I probably would have chosen and it came out great. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> I trust your opinion though. So if you say go with a round yarn, that's what I will do. But and then circular yokes. For a long time I didn't really like circular yokes and I think I was finally able when I knit this sweater to understand why perhaps I didn't like circular yokes and then also when I knit do you remember when I knit the Zweig sweater Mm -hmm. that had a circular yoke that was such a funnel and I couldn't figure out how that fit the body. And I think it's just the fact that knit fabric stretches in such a way that it wraps itself to fit around the body. But when you look at that funnel shape, it looks very straight jacket-ish almost. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that might be why I didn't like circular yokes for a long time. So this one has, Elizabeth did some interesting decreases under the arms that kind of give it a fit instead of just having it lay on top of you there's Ah. kind of a little a little bit of a fitting there it fits so I think that's why I really like this one so much because you get that nice circular feel but it doesn't feel or look to me at least like a straight jacket Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I've been looking at all the FO pictures lately and it doesn't have that 
clump of fabric under the arm mm-hmm. that a lot of circular yep. yokes do. And exactly. I kept thinking, I wonder how she did that. Exactly. Now I know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Of course she added that. That's <laughs> so, very Elizabeth. Yeah. So I think she's really addressed that funnel shaping issue well. And it fits. And the pattern has 12 sizes that go from wow. 30 inch to 65 inch or 76 centimeters to 165 centimeters. And I'm really happy with the fit. And I'm also pleased to say that I have posted photos. So the link is in the show notes and you guys can actually look at this one. Yay. (laughs) Yay. So the second thing I have been stalking is one you asked me about, Gail. It's called the Frank Shawl by Hohi Locatelli. And this one is definitely in the schlanket category because it's one of those huge rectangular wraps or shawls, whatever you want to call them. It takes 1360 yards of yarn and four colors. And one of the colors in the pattern descriptions she says that one of the colors color number one could possibly take two skeins if you don't knit to gauge so it's possibly a five skein shawl five skeins of fingering so that's a lot of yarn it is (laughs) so that's why I say definitely clearly in the schlanket category which right now very appealing to me (laughs) so it's this one is a big rectangular shape it has eyelets it has stripes there's enough to keep your interest but at least for my knitting preferences it doesn't get too too crazy we're just we've got the eyelets and the stripes going on there so I really like this one I have to see if I have single skeins that really inspire me to make it we'll see well when you and I chatted about it the other day and I said I like it but I'm not inspired to knit it right away yeah. then I watched her latest journal oh I have her watched video that podcast yet. yeah and she showed it and it's three triangles put together yeah so you have two points of the triangle come over your shoulders uh-huh and she showed it tying it there or tying the bottom point up to the sleeve point so that it actually is more like a shrug. And I instantly went and looked in my stash and I actually am thinking about knitting it in two colors. Oh, cool. So what I'm thinking, and tell me if I'm crazy, I'll show you the yarn next time I see you. I have raspberry pink, two skeins, so about 800 yards of single ply fingering They're not exactly the same color, so I could alternate them in the stripe section. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about doing that on the side triangles. Mm -hmm. And then the alternate color, I have a 600-yard skein that I got twisted out a long time ago. So on the two side triangles, the main color would be raspberry. The alternate would be the, it's a light speckly with some pink in it. Mm-hmm. And then the back triangle, I would do the reverse of that. I, the yeah. main color would be the light. I totally can see that. Exactly. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Now I'm really excited. I have to watch her journal tomorrow to get all excited about making it. <laughs> yeah, it's really, the shape is pretty unique. And I just, 
instantly thought, oh my gosh, that's really cool. I think I just want something like that to knit right now because I, as I was telling Gail before we started recording that I've just been having trouble focusing on knitting and I haven't done much knitting. If you didn't hear last episode, my dad died about a month ago, so I've been having trouble focusing on a few things. And this might be just the ticket because I don't have to worry about gauge and I don't have to worry about fitting. (laughs) Exactly. I was thinking the same thing. As long as I don't run out of yarn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you have yarn at your house you want to look through, I can come over tomorrow and hang out with you and we can just look at yarn colors together. I might want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Bring boba. (laughs) That sounds like a winning idea. Seriously. So that is The Frank Shawl by Hohi Locatelli. And then the last thing I have been stocking just a wee bit because, like I said, sweaters... I don't know if I want to start another sweater, although this one caught my eye because it is by Ari Shimizu, and I have admired many of her patterns in the past. This one is called Kesaran Passaran, and it is from Len Magazine, issue 11, released... Let's see, it was first published back in May. So the pattern is not new, but it is new to me. It's a ribbed pullover that's knit in two strands of lace weight held together. And apparently if you weave in your ends carefully, you can even wear this one inside out because both sides of the ribbed pattern are equally beautiful, apparently. And... The very along the very bottom, along the waistband of the sweater, there is a a lace motif, and I'm really curious to see. I can't really tell in the photographs, but I'm curious to see how it looks on the wrong side. That could also be worn on the right side, you know, because a lot of times lace doesn't like the pearl side of lace isn't as pretty as the knit stitch right. side of lace. But since this is knit in ribbing, it kind of makes sense that, yeah, maybe it's going to look very similar on either side. So I'm really curious. I'm going to have to investigate the projects more on this one to see some close-ups of that lace on the bottom. It sounds interesting. So this pattern comes in nine sizes, 40 inch to 72 inch, which is 100 centimeters to 180 centimeters. So it sounds like a good range of sizes and very basic pullover, all over ribbing pattern. It looks like somewhat, it's not, it's not a tight crew neck and it's not a wide ballet neck somewhat something that's in between those because it's definitely not a tight crew but it's not really wide either so I don't know how you would describe that somewhere in between the two okay that should have a name (laughs) it it probably does probably I just don't know it or I can't remember it right now 
So that is Kesaran Pasaran by Ari Shimizu. What are you stocking, Gail? I am stocking three different sweaters. And the first one is a brand new design called Ariana, and it's by Amy Christophers. It's a free pattern, and it is super unique because it is crocheted granny squares turned on their sides. So they're in a diamond orientation instead of a square flat on Mm -hmm. orientation. Yeah, I love the look of it. It's really cool. It's really cool. And it has knitting in it as well because you pick up stitches to do the button band and the edges. So I had to download the pattern since it was free and check it out. It's really interesting. It's squares, it's half squares, and it's quarter squares. And then there's a schematic that shows you how to basically crochet them all together when you're doing the final color around the edge, which is the main color. It's four colors, I should have mentioned. Worsted weight yarn. And you don't have to seam the squares individually the way they're done. You actually, right, you crochet them together so it's not a seaming kind of nightmare. So you make all the squares separately first. Yes. And then you crochet them all together in the end. Interesting. Exactly. Per the schematic. And it has tiers in the schematic. So tier one, these are the ones you seam together in this fashion. Tier two, you do this. Tier three. So it gives specific instructions on how to seam it. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued (laughs) as well. And It's interesting. It comes in two sizes, and the first size is small, medium, large. The second size is XL to 3XL. So the first size is a 40-inch bust, and the second size is a 65-inch bust. I don't know how you would size this because each of the sizes is dependent on how many of those motifs you knit, Mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, motifs that you crochet. Mm -hmm. So... If you go for the bigger size, you crochet more and seam more. If you're the smaller size, fewer, obviously. So my yarn that I've already scoped out to do this is all fingering weight that I would hold doubled. So it's already probably going to be a smaller gauge than their worsted gauge. So I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out if I should knit it with the yarn that I have or wait to see more people knit it and how much yarn they actually use because the pattern states you need X number of skeins of each color. And I left a comment on the pattern page asking the designer how many yards you actually need of each color because I'm not buying full skeins. And with the yarn I have, I only have one skein of some of the colors. And she said, you actually use most of both skeins called for in the pattern, which is going to be more yarn than I have. Hmm. So I'm thinking, I'm trying to plan what I should do. And with the size difference, it's not like knitting where you can do some gauge math and figure out what size you should knit. So I don't even know where to begin if I was going to size down or change the size on a crocheted garment, especially based on granny squares. I understand. So that's the... The consideration right now, I'll probably wait until there are more FOs mm-hmm. because it's a brand new pattern. It just came out. Yeah. But check it out. It's super interesting. And hopefully someday I will crochet and knit it because it's both crafts. 
That's cool. Yeah, it's a fun, different, very different sweater than I would normally make. So that's what intrigued me, I think. The second thing I'm stalking is a pattern that's been out for quite a while, and I hope I haven't already stalked it before, but I don't think I have. (laughs) It's called The Classic by Espas Tricot, and it is another free pattern. It's a top-down raglan turtleneck, and it's knit holding one strand of light fingering and one strand of mohair silk, and it has a split hem. It comes in sizes from 43 to 64 inch bust, and it didn't state on the Ravelry page how much positive ease it should have, or if it did, I didn't see it, and I haven't downloaded the pattern yet, so I'm not sure how much positive ease you're supposed to factor into that sizing, but I've been looking at this pattern for a long time. You have. And yeah, the pattern page itself, it's a black sweater or very, very dark charcoal gray. I think it's black. And I've wanted a dark gray sweater in my Mm. wardrobe for a long time. So I keep waiting, thinking, oh, I should knit it in gray. But of course, I don't have that yarn (laughs) stash. So the other day when I was looking for yarn for Ariana, I remembered that I have dark navy single ply it's a madeline tosh base called air light oh. and i have like 1300 yards of it oh. in skeins that don't match very well but held with a silk mohair that wouldn't be as noticeable right so i have enough navy yarn in both silk mohair and that fingering single ply to knit that sweater. And you've wanted a navy sweater for a long time, too. I know. <laughs> so I think I might be swatching for that soon. It's cool. very appealing right now. The only thing that I'm second guessing is now that it's getting dark earlier, do I really want to be knitting a navy sweater? You have a in good the dark? light. I do have a good light. It's true. But still, I just keep thinking, do I really want to do that right now? But it would be really nice yeah, to wear right you now. you have a good light. I think it's I think it's doable. Yeah, we'll see. I probably <laughs> will be swatching for that soon. Cool. And then the third sweater I'm stalking is not a new release. It's the Long Line Cardigan by Hohilo Catelli, and it was released in August of 2017. It's a fairly simple, and by simple I mean classic, open front cardigan that has wide ribbed button band collar. It's not, it's not buttons. It's an open front cardigan, but the collar is a wide rib that some people have made it so that it's a shawl collar and it folds over Mm -hmm. in her pattern pictures. She doesn't really have it that way, but it's tunicky length. It has the kind of not fitted sleeves, but you know, not big voluminous sleeves. It's just a very classic, nice-looking open-front cardigan. And I just keep coming back to it for some reason over the last few months. Our friend Tammy from Candy Skein knit it several years ago, and hers is really pretty. So that's kind of on the radar as well. The Long Line Cardigan by Hohi Locatelli. And what have you been knitting? Well, my main knit is still the Hasukai cowl. It's been easy to knit, and I've pretty much been knitting that exclusively. There are two rows 
to this cow. Two, two pattern rows and that's it. So that lets you know where my head is at right now mm-hmm. that I can I can handle two rows and do that over and over and over again. And this is usually the kind of knitting that puts me to sleep. But <laughs> it's it, exactly it, what you need. Yeah, right now. it's about all I can do right now. So that one has grown more than quicker than I thought it would, let's say it's not I'm not knitting super fast. And I'm not knitting every day, which is surprising. But it's it's grown faster than I originally thought it would because I thought it would be more of a background knit but it's Mm -hmm. become the main knit and then I really have tried to pick up my or read and I have at least picked it up enough I've knit two rows I think on it but I at least figured out where I was in the pattern what I have to do and now I just need to finish it. I only, Yay. yeah, I only have, I want to say about a third of a skein left. Oh, you're close. So I don't think that I will be able to knit the sweater quite as long as it is in the pattern, which was what I was plan. I was planning to shorten it because it is pretty long in the pattern. Unless I perhaps use a different color for the ribbing that goes all the way around the fronts. Oh. And I could do that as well because I do have lots of grays that are very similar mm-hmm. because I have a lot of gray in stash, let's be honest. So <laughs> I we like what we like. Yeah. So I do have something else that I could use or I could go and just use a full-on contrast color bright I haven't really decided so really what I need to do is look at my yarn and as soon as I do that I'll make a decision I'll probably knit a few more rows see how how it is lengthwise and then make a decision so we'll look at yarn for that tomorrow yes so that is or read and that is a pattern by Mayu KP. And I did get an email from a Finnish listener who told me that the name that we previously pronounced incorrectly as Mayu KP is in actuality pronounced Mayu KP. Oh, another silent J. We should have known. (laughs) So thank you very much, listener from Finland. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I, I really try to pronounce folks names correctly because I myself have a name that is often not remembered or pronounced correctly so I know how that is so mm-hmm. it, it's nice to get people's names right so may you kp the designer of or read what are you knitting gail hats 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 <laughs> i have been on a binge wow. of hat knitting for hats for sailors And I think I'm on my last hat as we speak. I haven't decided for sure because I have one more bit of yarn that I could use that's been in stash for a long time that I could hold doubled and make another hat or two, but I don't know. We'll see. So most of my knitting time has gone to Hats for Sailors. 
and I have had an inordinate number of meetings recently. We are doing some new marketing campaigns at work, which require marathon phone meetings. So I've had more knitting time during the day than I usually have. And I was sick last week after I got my COVID booster. I was down flat on the couch, achy for a whole day. So a little extra knitting time there as well. So I've knit quite a few hats lately. And I've done a little bit of work on my Koi tee, which is the design by Ginkgo B. So I've made a little progress on that, but still have a little ways to go before it's finished. So hopefully by next episode. And I also did do a lot of knitting on my straw flower shawl, which is a design by Senia Naden. And it's fingering with stripes of mohair lace mohair silk lace. So they're not held doubled. They're stripes to give the texture difference of the two yarns and the color difference of the two yarns. And it's been very fun to knit. You cast on a lot of stitches. So it's a long, deep triangle. It's not the type of triangle where you cast on a few stitches and then do the typical increasing. You cast on a lot and then do the typical increasing. And the stripes alternate between garter and stockinette, and a lace stitch called the haystack stitch, I think. And then there are also rows where you do bobbles in the lace, and those are tedious. <laughs> there's, there's a bobble every fifth stitch, I think, in those rows, and I've done two of the three rows. There are only three of those rows in the shawl. Oh, and I've okay. done two of the three. So that's the good news. But of course, the rows get longer as you go. So the third stripe of bobbles will be the longest yeah. stripe of bobbles. But it's very pretty. The colors that I chose are a in-your-face highlighter pink for the fingering and a almost white with light pink bits in it for the mohair. And it just makes me so happy because the colors are so pretty together and they match the project bag they're in. And half the time they match what I'm wearing and <laughs> they just make me so happy when I see them. That's wonderful. So yeah, it make, it, every time I open that project bag, I smile. And that's the Straw Flower Shawl by Senia Naden. There is special pleasure in giving materials a second life. Whether it's yarn scraps, reclaimed fabric, or even canceled postage, you can make some truly amazing things. May we invite you on a learning journey exploring sustainable crafting? Starting on November 1st, Infinite Twist is kicking off a year of e-courses focusing on sustainable materials. Subscribers get two video-based e-courses per month, each for a fun and useful finished object. We'll be knitting, sewing by hand and machine, making dolls and creatures, and they will even show you how they do their yarn dyeing. We'll be upcycling old clothes and vintage linens, woolen mill scrap, yarn leftovers, and more into premium finished objects you'll love using, wearing, and having in your home. The introductory price for the course is $240 US, but Yarniacs listeners can get 50% off. Visit 
Infinite Twist and use code YARNIAX at checkout to get your discount. Thank you very much, Infinite Twist and Kate, for sponsoring us this month. And that is such a deal. It really what and a it's discount. a good idea too. Yeah. 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 She I'm part I subscribe to her newsletter. Yeah. And the course for or one of the two courses for this month was a quilt and it looked like she probably recycled fabric from a baby blanket mm. or something. It was that kind of flannelly yeah. soft. Yeah. It was really cute. Well, it just it sounds really fun. I absolutely love the idea of recycled materials. So do and I. Yeah. Just something fun and new to do every month and a, a really good discount. So take a yeah, look. Thanks, Kate. Yeah, take a look and visit Infinite Twist to check it out. All right, what have you finished? I have finished one thing, one thing only. You were talking about hats. I finished my generic hat number 10. Don't, Yay. and I don't know if there will be more hats for me at this point. I, yeah. like I said, I'm just, my knitting hit a wall. And it will come back slowly, but we'll see. I I do have hats to donate, so we'll have to take a trip down to drop them off next month, and I'll I'll donate what I have. So my hat is done. <laughs> Excellent, and I know that they're going to be very appreciative of the hats. Yes. Last time yes. I saw a text message from their group on instagram they were only at two thousand hats i say only two thousand is a lot <laughs> of hats. a lot of hats yes i said only because they are their goal is six thousand hats yeah that's only one so, one third of the way there so. right but that was at least a week ago so there was almost a month left before the deadline yeah the deadline is veterans day which is november 11th or 12th i'm not sure which date it is this year so there is still time to get those hats in, and Charlene and I are lucky enough to live very close mm -hmm. to the organizer, so we are going to hand-deliver ours and save that shipping money to buy more yarn for <laughs> more hats. True fact. <laughs> True fact. Check out the Hats for Sailors group on Instagram. She posted a picture about a week ago of the 2000 some odd hats all laid out on the ground in a massive square or rectangle. It was amazing. It was I have cool no idea. Really cool. I have no idea what compelled her to do that, but it's a really cool picture. So check it out. Yeah. It's a really, it was inspiring. It, it too. was very like, cool, but yeah. I can't imagine laying out 2000 anything. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. Very time consuming. Yeah. But another thing that she told us when I pinged her about hand delivering the hats. She said to thank everybody who's a Yarniac listener who has sent her a hat. Hmm. She said she got a lot of hats that mentioned hearing about it on the podcast. Oh, so cool. thank you all very, very, very much. Yeah. And thank you, Laura, for letting us know about yeah. it. Because I have finished <laughs> seven hats since the last episode. Wow, okay. And like I said, I'm working on my final hat right now. I say final because it's hat number 20. So it seems like a good That's number. That's a good round number to stop. Exactly. Yeah. And I knit five other hats earlier in the year that have acrylic in them. So they can't go to Hats for Sailors, but they will go to a different charity. So I have a really big stack of really <laughs> cool hats. And I'm really excited about it. Excellent. 
Yep. So the one thing I did want to mention about the hats, I had finished all of my scraps, so I moved on to full skeins that were in my stash. And earlier this year, one of our listeners slash friends, Spencer Hill Natural Dyes, she stopped dyeing and she had a sale on all of her stock. So a lot of us went and purchased some of that stock and I purchased, I think, five skeins of her worsted and it's non superwash, So I wasn't going to use it for the hats, but then they changed that, that rule and said, you can use non superwash wool. So I pulled those skeins out and hand wound them. And I'm right now knitting up the last hat with that yarn. The colors, I was able to knit a whole hat in a skein, but then I had just enough left over for a stripe in another hat, for example. (laughs) And then I had these odd amounts left. So right now I'm using all of those in one hat. So I used a lot of that yarn. And I also used a new to me yarn by West Yorkshire Spinners. It's their Color Lab DK. They have solid colors and they have self-striping colors because I can't stand just using one color, it seems. I bought some of the self-striping colors. They were on sale from Webs, and I think they were $6.50 a skein or something like that. So a really good price. And I knit two hats with those, but again, had an odd amount left over. So I paired up some of the Spencer Hill with the West Yorkshire Spinners and I'm glad that I was able to do that because the West Yorkshire Spinners, it's 100% British wool. I wouldn't say it's the softest Mm. wool. So in terms of a hat, against your forehead, it might not be very soft. And against your ears, I'm assuming a lot of the sailors and people on the ship probably have very short hair. So what I did, I knit two full hats with that yarn. And then the, the next two that I knit, I used the Spencer Hill for the ribbing. And then at the body of the hat in the West Yorkshire Spinners so that that wouldn't be against their skin, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So very pretty yarn, very beautiful, vivid, bright, lovely colors, but not the softest in the world. And hold on, I'm holding up the last skein that I didn't use for Charlene. I think this one's called Prism Bright Rainbow. It's the most beautiful jewel colored rainbow. Beautiful, beautiful colors. So I love the yarn. It's just not necessarily super soft against your soft face. Very pretty, though. Yeah. So that's Hats for Sailors and the beautiful yarns that I've used. All right. Our feature is inspired by my knitting of the straw flower shawl. (laughs) So it has been a request from listeners to talk about the different types of needles and maybe what yarns you would use different types of needles with meaning metal needles or wooden needles, because there are also acrylic needles, but Mm -hmm. most of us use either metal or wood. And I'd say everybody has a very strong preference for one or the other. You're either a metal needle knitter (laughs) or a wooden needle knitter. It seems to be a very strong difference for most people. Well, and even within those larger categories of metal and wood, there are subcategories. Metals and wood categories, I've seen needles made of, in the metals, like aluminum, steel, I think nickel, plated steel, in the woods, people, everything, you know, all kinds of woods. There's solid woods, 
And then there's the woods that are pressed together, like the ones that are have all the different colored woods, like the nitpicks needles that have just yeah. all the different colors in there. And then there's bamboo, different kinds of plastic. There's hard plastic, there's soft plastic, hard plastic being those acrylic needles. They go click, 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 click. Yeah. Click. And then there's some <laughs> that are kind of softer plastic that even bend a little bit. I've seen bone needles. Then there's those cassine na- needles. So there's, and I'm probably missing some. Lots. There's, there's exactly. lots. There are a lot. Yeah. So yeah. there's lots of different kinds. But it was funny as I was writing my show notes, I just found myself using adjectives to describe <laughs> metal versus wood because a lot of the qualities of one material over the other are why people like them. For example, metal is usually more slippery than yeah. wood. Wood might be a little grabbier for your yarn. And that's what inspired this because knitting the straw flower shawl, knitting those baubles in lace weight yarn is a little bit difficult. I had to get out my reading glasses and be in a very bright light. And I thought to myself, if I was doing this on metal needles, I wouldn't be able to do it because they'd be way too slippery. <laughs> they just slide right off. <laughs> yep. So your needle of choice could very well be determined by what you are knitting. Yeah. And in terms of what kind of needles for what time, what kind of fiber, I think in general, you really need to try them out because what's slippery for me might not be slippery for the next person. Mm -hmm. I tend to prefer a more grabby needle in general. So I have always preferred bamboo and wood needles in general. But I have noticed, especially in a lot of the newer wood needles that are being produced in the last five years or so, they are being finished in such a way that Many of them are so smooth and slick compared to the wood needles that were produced in that I used at least 10 years ago. That Like a clover bamboo needle compared to com- these glossy yes, wood finish needles yes. that are very slippery. And some of these yeah. are very slippery and feel to me almost like a metal needle, but without the finger feel of the metal (laughs) (laughs) because that was one of my other adjective comparisons with metal you have the stiffness of the metal which when you first start knitting is usually cold Mm -hmm. and then with wood it's usually or at least the bamboo needles was more flexible it wasn't bendy but it was a softer feel in your hand and warmer when you picked up the needles wood versus metal so that always stuck out to me as well. I think that's one of the reasons that I didn't enjoy knitting with metal off the bat was because of the feel in my hands. Yeah, I prefer wood. I totally agree. And also one of the stranger things for me about many metal needles, particularly the Addy Turbo Needles... When I use them, they start to smell really odd. And I can smell that smell when I am knitting. And then my fingers start to 
have that metallic smell too. Ew. Which I don't care for. Yeah. But I don't think that happens to everyone. Not to everyone, but other people have commented yes, on that. Yes, I have, have, I have absolutely heard other people say it, but either it doesn't happen to everyone or it doesn't bother everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, some people don't have as sharp a sense of smell either, so it could happen. That's and they don't very true. <laughs> yep. That's true. Yep. And then the other adjective combination was sharp. Metal oh, needles yeah. can be very, very, very sharp. Wooden needles can be sharp as yeah, well, obviously. I, I think it just depends on the manufacturer these days. We were talking about this, I think, on the last Zoom, people getting poked with needles. Yeah. Yes. So some needles can be incredibly sharp. They can be. Sharp. I, I was going to say that I don't remember the brand name, but the sharpest knitting needle I have ever seen, and it had a point that was actually too sharp for me. It was a wooden knitting needle. I don't remember the name of the manufacturer, but they were a smaller, independent wood needle manufacturer. And I believe their needles may have been square. Oh. It was a while ago when I tried them. They were at, I believe they were at Stitches one year. They, that's exactly what I remember. They were very expensive. And I remember trying them out for the yarn store where I work and they were too sharp, way too sharp for me. <laughs> Some needles are so sharp that they've literally drawn blood on me. Oh. So yeah, one poke with those and I'm not using those again. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so in terms of needle sharpness, that's something that is important because if you're ever knitting with a yarn and your first comment is, ooh, this yarn is splitty, or this yarn splits on me when I'm trying to make my stitches, definitely try a needle that is less sharp, because a needle that is less sharp has less of a chance of poking through the plies, and hopefully you have a better chance of being able to form your stitches without that needle point getting stuck between plies that way. So that's another reason why it's often good to have a variety of needle sharpnesses in your needle arsenal, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> because they're weapons. <laughs> yes. And, you know, people joke all the time that, oh my gosh, I need one more needle. How can I not have this size? But there is a reason to have needles of different materials and then different sharpnesses. So as you are purchasing your 12 size 6 needle, just tell yourself <laughs> that's the reason why. <laughs> but I don't have one that's exactly this sharp. So. And or if you have a close local knitting friend, borrow theirs. Yes. Because you know you're going to find one of those pairs as soon as you order exactly. it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. It's so funny. Every time I get new knitting needles in the mail for some reason, Mike just looks at me like, you really don't have one of these? Like, no, you don't understand. I needed that size in that length yep. for the hats. I can't. Yep. And I decided when I was knitting all of these hats that I needed a dedicated project bag with the circular the needles, needles in a 16-inch. Yeah, yeah they, they they had to be in that yeah. bag. That's where they live. They don't stray. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I have a couple in different sizes yeah. that are just delightful. Yeah. For a while, I was trying to convince myself that I was a metal needle knitter. Try to say that fast five <laughs> times. It's not easy. And I bought a bunch of the really nice Chow Goo interchangeables. Oh, yeah. And they're really nice, but I just didn't enjoy them. Oh. So now my mom has them. Mm, yeah. So she's a metal yeah. needle knitter. <laughs> but they're also the interchangeable versus fixed, which is a whole nother discussion. Right. But right. yeah, and cables, the, the cable can make a big difference in your knitting as That's well. That's true. That's so, true. And then yeah. I always recommend to knitters to try to swatch with the same exact needle that you are going to use on your project. For example, if you're going to knit your sweater on a size six, and maybe you know you want to knit it on your wood needle, which is currently in another sweater. And so you think, oh, maybe I'll just start my swatch on this metal needle that's a size six. Mm, no, I wouldn't recommend no. it. The reasons mm -hmm. I don't recommend that, because a lot of people don't realize it, but especially with a needle that's made of a different material, you might hold that needle differently. And if you're holding the needle differently, you could be forming your stitches differently. And even though you get gauge with that metal needle, when that wood needle becomes available and you switch over, your gauge might change ever so slightly. And it it may not, but it could. So do yourself mm -hmm. a favor and just avoid the possibility of that air. The slipperiness of the needle could affect your gauge. And then I would also recommend, especially with smaller needles, to check the millimeter size rather than what's called the U.S. sizing, because sometimes with the smaller size needles, especially when you're getting into the what's called U.S. 1.5 and U.S. 2 and U.S. 2.5, those needles can vary from manufacturer to manufacturer by a quarter of a millimeter often I've seen. So different mm -hmm. manufacturers will have a different idea of, for example, what a US one and a half should be. So double check it because the millimeter size is universal. You can't go wrong right. with the millimeter size. It, it It's universal and everybody uses that. So that's something that's standardized. There are even some manufacturers, Nitpicks is the one I'm thinking of, that I think I have US 2s in my stash, US 2 needles. One of them is a 2.75 millimeter and one of them is a 2.5 millimeter. Yes. Yeah. So I have to be very careful when I'm swatching and then when I stop swatching and go to actually knit the sweater to make sure I'm using the yeah, same exact size. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. a real thing. So yeah. Because when you're knitting on that small of a needle circumference, that amount makes a big difference in your gauge. Definitely. Definitely. So I'd love to hear what everybody's favorite knitting needles are these days. That's going to start a storm yeah. of a discussion. Everybody gets very, it's great. So much yeah. different information gets passed around. Yeah. It's very, very interesting and informative. Especially, I would say in the last maybe three years, 
right before the pandemic hit, there were a lot of new needles popping up and new lines of needles popping up from needle manufacturers. So there has been a lot of new things available out there, which has been great. Yeah, I agree. I'm finding that some of my favorite needles now are definitely those shinier, colorful wooden needles. The bamboo is less slippery than those needles, but I find I reach for them much more often than my bamboo needles. It could be that my bamboo needles are also very old. You know what? I was realizing that about mine as well. Some of my bamboo needles have been with me my entire knitting career, and the I believe that the finish is not as smooth as it used to be. Yeah, I agree. I have the same issue. Things that I remember buying those yeah. needles, you know, when I first started knitting and clover needles were pretty much the only thing yeah, that was around. Exactly. So I have quite a stock exactly. of those still. And yeah, like for example, my 16 inch size six that my trusty hat size, that yep. one is really rough. And in the <laughs> last couple of years, I know that I bought a newer needle and if it's available, I pretty much always now reach for the newer needle. Yeah, same with me. Those clover needles just sit there. And they're also, their cables get very stuck in the same position that yeah, they were stored they in. Yeah, they do. So when you kind of twist them to stick them back in the package or wherever, that little twist kind of stays in the cable yeah. and it makes it a little uncomfortable to knit. Yeah. So. Well, Knitting needle technology has definitely improved. Changed a lot. Yeah. 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 And it will continue to change. So. Yeah. And you always, the the better the tools you have to work with, the more fun your craft exactly. is. So experiment exactly. with your needles until you find just the right yeah. ones for yourself. It is kind of disheartening, though, to think that, okay, finally, I have every size. And then something new comes out that you like better and you start all over again. <laughs> yep. I may have done that once or twice. <laughs> but sometimes they're so much better yeah. that you can't not yeah. do it. So I agree. I agree. Yep. That's my reasoning, and I'm sticking to it. Same, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're enjoying your knitting, and we'll talk to you next time. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.